what's going on guys this is your boy the coach this is coach mirrors man it's live on the hot seat again tonight's episode we're gonna have the one and only mr josh stone king now if you don't know who josh stone king is you guys are in for a treat this guy is an awesome friend of mine um, i've known him for a few years now i used to coach him in the semi-pro football world he's from west virginia he's a great guy um he's also called the fit pharmacist you'll hear him next up josh stone king stay care Tell you what, man, we have Josh Stone King uh, that's set to call in uh, and talk to us here uh, live on the hot seat with the coach. Great guy. Um, I used to coach him. He's from West Virginia. Um, you can follow him on IG, the only Stoney. Uh, you can follow him on Facebook at Josh Stone King. And he is an uh, amateur bodybuilder. Former football player, I mean, this guy is talented, man. And uh, when you when you hear him, and when you hear the interview that we're going to give you right now, you'll understand why. This guy's incredible, and I can't wait to talk to him. He brings up a wealth of knowledge, and he's just what the people need to hear going into 2020. It's Josh Stone King, man, he's he's a great guy. So he's going to be calling in in about two minutes, maybe one minute and then we'll be able to talk to him. Currently, he's in Tampa, Florida. Um, so he travels a lot. Uh, he's in pharmaceuticals, so he does a lot of stuff. So I can't wait to, to have an opportunity to talk to this guy. This guy, uh, I had him over to my house uh, one year for Thanksgiving. It was funny because he didn't, you know, he wasn't going home and it was kind of bad weather, I think it was, and so we invited him over. But I mean, phenomenal guy. Josh Stone King, wait till you hear him. Here he comes. You're on the hot seat with the coach. Josh, how are you, man? Doing fantastic, coach. Nice to hear your voice. Man, I tell you what, you're exactly what the people needed, man. Ladies and gentlemen, for you guys that don't know, in legacy internet world where independence is the key to building your legacy, I am the coach. You're on the hot seat with the coach, and right now we have the one and only Josh Stone King joining our show. Ladies and gentlemen, clap it up for Josh. Man, I tell you, boy, I tell you, the people love you here, man. You are a fan favorite. Uh, I promote you as much as I can because I think you're just a phenomenal individual. But, you know, it's not about me, it's about you. So tell the people here in Legacy Internet Radio, who is Josh Stone King? Wait, well, thanks for the great introduction. I, please, I appreciate um, the magnificent applause there from everybody out there that's listening. So who am I, right? My, my name is Josh Stone King. I, I'm a former athlete, and I'm currently the vice president of oncology um, for a specialty pharmacy. Uh, on top of that, I'd like to, in my free time, if you can call it, I'm a 
natural professional bodybuilder, mm-hmm. and I am definitely and I'm definitely one of Coach's former favorite receivers. I'd like to think. Oh, so absolutely. That is me in a brief introduction. <laughs> Absolutely. I was letting the listeners know uh, before you called in or waiting for, waiting for you to call in that, you know, you're originally from West Virginia. So you have a lot of, of West Virginia pride uh, with you. And uh, one of my uh, second interviews uh, that I, I had here on the show was with Defy Genetics with a guy by the name of Roger Riggle, which is a uh, UWV uh, alum as well. And so he is all about the Mountaineers, and he's a great friend of the program. I told him you were coming on. He's very happy to hear about this as well. Talk about your West Virginia yeah. roots, man. Yeah, so it, it's something I'm very proud of. You know, born and raised in a, a little steel town that I'd like to think has some of the toughest humans on earth. You know, they just know how to work. It's a blue-collar community. And, you know, when you take that down to our, our one and only major university of West Virginia University, you get this level of camaraderie and pride in what they call God's country. God's right? country. You hear John Denver sing the song every time we win a game. And um, it's, there's only about 1.4 million people in the whole state. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we could think of different cities that have more than that in one city or an entire county. So for us, we're all family. I know when your buddy cuts his fingers, right, when he's working on his car, he bleeds blue and gold just like I do. And no matter where we go across the country, because Sometimes we can't stay home, you know, and it's real hard to leave those mountains because we just love them to death. But we we sure as hell represent um, God's country everywhere we go. And we try to do it with integrity, you know, man. I tell you what, it's funny because you guys have the same exact conversation. Uh, When he walked in here, he said, (laughs) he said, coach, you got to go with me to God's country. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm I'm with it, man. But uh, there's a a reason the motto is wild and wonderful. You know, it's it's uh, it's beautifully sculpted landscape. And the people are just as wonderful. And if you want to go out into the wilderness, into the wild, I mean, your jaw is just on the floor. So that's why they call it God's country. Always worth a visit. I tell you, man, it is. So tell us, so growing up in West Virginia, how was that? And, 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 and you know, how, how did your parents, you know, how did, how did growing up in the Stone King house, what did that do for you as a man? Man, so that, that, that's a fantastic question, you know. So um, everybody knows West Virginia. You're not growing up in uh, riches and driving your Bentley around and you get to go to Palm Springs on the weekend, you know, um, where I grew up, my father always raised me as a blue collar man. He would say this faith, family and football. So lucky for me is as a very young child, I got into all three types of sports, you know, football, baseball, basketball. It was year round from age six, uh, all the way until I left West Virginia. So athletics was a huge part in my family. Um, it really helped bring my family together as well. You know, that is what we did together. We went to the games that I played in. We went to other games to see friends. I mean, I can remember when Randy Moss, you know, came up north and played his high school football game. My father, a couple of my uncles, my grandfather, we all went to go watch him play just in high school. And to this day, my 62-year-old father is still repping high school football. So it may not be the Texas that you hear about or the Florida that you hear about with the, the pride that you take in high school athletics. But since it's such a small community-based state, high school athletics are really what those communities have to look forward to. Because as you know, the economy in some of our little towns and cities um, is not flying as high as it used to fly at one time when coal and steel were king. So, you know, the athletics within my household is really what gave us something to look forward to and helped, you know, grow us as a family. And we still keep that bond to this day. Awesome. Do you have any siblings? 
I'm an only child. An only child. Can you believe okay. it? Yeah, no. Yeah. That's that, that's you know that's that that's 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 an interesting perspective because we don't know you know how you know we, all we see is what we see, you know. Right. And and I've had the ability to 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 be around you, to coach you, to to invite you into my home. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know what I was able to see was just this incredibly genuine individual, just just cool as the other side of the pillow. Um, and, and it's like, where did that come from? Like, where did that being able to be a chameleon? Because, and I'll say this, you're around different cultures, different people, different styles, and you fit right. in. where did that come from? Well, well, thank you for that. First of all. And, and you know, that's honestly something I was fortunate to be taught as a young man. Um, I have a mother who I'd like to say is just a saint, you know, probably the sweetest, most positive, happy person you ever met. And then, you know, I have that real tough blue collar SOB father, right. Who, you know, stays by the book and kind of keeps you in line, never lets you get out of line. So, you know, I have two completely opposite parents. So as a child, I got to grow up and see the best of both worlds and try to mold that together. But fortunately it's like, I'll always go back and allude to how did I get to become you know, what, what you explained me as is quote unquote, a chameleon is you start out, they put you in little league basketball, they put you in baseball, they put you in football, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we all know what those athletics create. They put us in that environment as I am in today in the corporate world, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different groups of people, but we're all striving to accomplish one goal. So you have to be a chameleon because as you know, the people on your team, are completely different than you are, and that doesn't change. So if they would have kept me sheltered in my house as an only child with no siblings, I don't think I ever would have gained those characteristics. Mm-hmm. But since I was in three different sports all the way until I was about 24, 25 years old still playing, you know, I got to adjust from different levels. I mean, it doesn't matter if it was high school, college, basketball, football, baseball. It continued to help me develop different characteristics and skills so I can fit in now, hopefully in this day in my age, right, in the corporate world, right. very similarly that I did there. So um, it goes right back to those uh, that upbringing and playing all those different athletics with all those different type of people. Man, I tell you, that, that, that's a phenomenal explanation right there. And, and, and I couldn't have said it better myself. So, so tell us, so, so go through us, chronicle my listeners here, um, the – you got to high school, you, you did your thing in high school, now you're in college, you're at West Virginia University. Um, what, what did you major in and, and what, what made you decide to go into this particular route in business? Man, so that's, that's a fantastic question and, and I'll give just a little brief story. You know, when I was in high school, my best friend was our starting center. So again, this all goes back to sports. I, it's just where I keep falling back to. Our high school center was diagnosed with leukemia, and he was actually my best friend. So we'd go to the hospital and visit him, and uh, we'd see him get his chemotherapy treatments. We had to go all the way to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for this, you know, and I got to see him go through his treatments, and we continually would meet with the pharmacist. So I would see the pharmacist at the hospital all the time, helping my friend out, giving him his therapy and, and helping him get to better, helping him recover, get in remission, you know, and that inspired me. I said, hey, I, I want to be a pharmacist. This is absolutely what I want to do. Uh, you know, I, I made the joke when I was 15, hey, I want to cure cancer, just like for my buddy uh, to see him get cured of cancer. That's exactly what I want to do. So um, luckily for me, athletics take you to West Virginia University. At that point in time, that was the only place where you could uh, get your doctorate in the School of Pharmacy. So 
I spent eight years at West Virginia University getting my undergraduate degree in exercise physiology. Then I got my doctorate in pharmacy. Um, after I completed that, I finished a one-year residency to help me specialize in the oncology field. And here I sit today. Uh, I'm now the director of oncology for one of the largest specialty pharmacies actually in the world. It is a Fortune 5 company. So extremely fortunate, extremely beneficial. And where I sit today stems from my best friend who I met. He was our center and I was the receiver. And that is why I sit where I am today. He is now the president of the Make-A-Wish Foundation in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He is one hell of an individual. He has uh, been clinically cured. He got to ring the bell at Children's. Um, and he's still my best friend to this day. So without him and his you know, tragic experience, I would not be able to sit in this business position that I am today. So uh, the level of gratefulness I have for that is just, you know, unprecedented. That's what's up, man. That is, that's freaking awesome. I tell you, man. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. That, that, that is awesome, man. And, and like I said, sitting back here and listening to that story, I'm, I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. And, and the crazy part is just that you saw this early and you called it early. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that us athletes have, a, have a, an uncanny uh, ability of doing. We can see stuff and we can call it. Um, in the spiritual world or, you know, the religious world, they, they call it, speak, get it speaking it into existence, right? Um, and that's kind of what you did. You know, you kind of spoke it and you kind of went through with it and it kind of came to fruition. And that's incredible. That's an incredible story. I didn't know that. Um, I know that people are blessed by that. So, well, well, thank you for that. And there's one thing I always think about, right, is I was always taught in sports, if, if you open your mouth and commit to it and say you're going to do it, you have to have enough loyalty and integrity to complete the task. Mm. So that stubbornness and that level of loyalty and integrity that I was taught through sports helped me get through eight years of college because, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I graduated dead last in my pharmacy school. It was extremely difficult for me. Um, I do not excel in the classroom. I excel out of the classroom and on the field. I mm -hmm. like to be around people. I like to build teams. I like to be a leader. Mm -hmm. um, taking exams and sitting still in a, in a room was very difficult. So um, if it wasn't for how athletics trained me to stay loyal, I wanted to quit over and over again. But I could not because I made a commitment to somebody eight years prior. And that's what helped me see, see through it until I graduated with my doctorate. So um, again, it goes right back to athletics. Man, I tell you that, <laughs> man, you are, you are still blowing minds here. You are still blowing <laughs> minds here, which, by the way, I just wanted to take a, a quick break because my wife says to tell her favorite wide receiver, she says, she says hello as well. Man, I'm honored. I haven't seen her in a few years. You make sure I tell her hello, and I really miss a good family dinner. So oh, I man. need to come visit here really soon to see everybody. Well, we put that invite out for you, man. So anytime yeah. you're in town, you got a, you got a, a good meal coming. I tell you. You guys are awesome. Now, we, eat, we eat a little different now. We're trying to eat a little healthy, so we're eating cleaner. Hey, well, well I, <laughs> hey, I changed, too, so that'll fit, our, that'll fit both of our new diet. I tell you that. Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of diets, I wanted to segue into your – you're, you are not only an athlete, but you are a, a, a bodybuilder. So with that comes a, a different nutritional plan. Um, with that comes with sculpting and bulking and shredding and all those things um, that I've, I've picked up. Uh, I actually had a, another guest uh, a few months ago who was a female bodybuilder. And so she put me, you know, gave me the lingo of, of bulking and shredding and uh, you know, and eating right and all that stuff. So tell me what prompted 
that move to go from just having a great body to wanting to be on stage and, you know, be uh, tanned and all that stuff? You know, that's a great question, and, and, and I know everybody should definitely laugh, laugh at this because receivers do not become bodybuilders. All right? I'm six <laughs> foot three, uh, so I, I chose the wrong field, okay? Uh, running backs and linebackers usually turn into bodybuilders, so a little bit different <laughs> step, but um, bodybuilding, actually, I, I say this, I'm not joking, it saved my life, okay? Football was over for me, coach, and I was lost, mm-hmm. just like many of us, okay? It was my life since I was six years old. Um, I remember I finished, I graduated from West Virginia University, and I got my residency in the state of Florida. Um, bodybuilding is very popular in the state of Florida, just like California. And being from West Virginia, I didn't know bodybuilding was something you could do competitively, um, let alone be it called a sport. I know it's missing a ball, but they call it a sport, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I was on residency. I joined a local gym, and they had a fitness team. I saw the word team. I wanted to make some friends. I was joining this you know, because the only thing I know in my life is a team. Amen. Well, joining this fitness team, I didn't realize uh, the whole goal of this fitness team is to do a bodybuilding show. So I got a little <laughs> bit over my head, all right? Um, so a uh, little bit unexperienced, and I, and I was able to uh, treat it as like a bucket list thing in my head. I told myself, hey, I'm going to do this one time just to say I did it and see how I do. So I did a bodybuilding show. I did my first, you know, eight-week, they call it prep, right? You know, where you're on a very strict diet you know, high protein, uh, carb cycling, medium fats, you know, you're training two hours a day for six days a week with lots of cardio as well on top of the weightlifting regiment. Um, and then you go and you shave your legs and your arms as a man and you get spray tan. So you're like a nice show pony up there on stage. Um, and, you know, you go through the mandatory poses and literally it is very difficult because a panel of judges is critiquing where your body is lagging or it excels compared to others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, the first show I did was back in 2013. It's been, um, been quite some time. And I was fortunate that I placed top five um, out of about 20 other individuals. And I really didn't know what I was doing. I, I tr- I'm very honest. I really was just unsure. Um, and then here comes my competitive spirit that I had with football. And all of a sudden, I found myself when I would get out of work in the pharmacy, I'd go lift weights for an hour and a half to two hours. And then I'd go do my rest of the activities in my life. Well, from age six until 24, I went to school and then I went to football practice and then I did my daily activities. I found my routine again. Bodybuilding put me back in my happy place, right? right so right. now so, instead of going and catching a thousand passes a day, I lift weights for two hours. Right. So fa- fast forward seven years later, um, I've done over 21 shows. I'm fortunate enough that I, I, I have been a champion in six of those, which is, trust me, it's very difficult to do. I, I've been able to turn professional. Uh, I've competed in the Mr. Olympia competition in Vegas, and I've just recently competed in the Mr. Universe competition in Miami. So I am extremely fortunate um, to find success in, in the bodybuilding world. And it is something that has truly saved my life because it has given me my, quote, practice back um, after I get out of the boardroom. So um, looking to continue that career as we as we age, it gets difficult, but um, something I find very enjoyable. Amen to that, man. Um, and I, 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 I can, I am right there with you with the same sentiment. Um, as you know, I retired from coaching, um, mm-hmm. hanging it up, man. So I had to find something to occupy my time. And I think this is going to be it. Well, I don't think this is going to be it. 
Um, so I got an opportunity. It's a whole lot safer behind the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I tell you, you absolutely found your calling. Um, you're just a natural at this, and, and I know you're going to excel at it. And I, I pray for you to find that outlet um, because it took me a little while, and I always I'm very open. There was about a year and a half of my life where I felt lost. You know, Man, work yeah. was just work. It wasn't fulfilling enough because individuals like ourselves that, and I mean ourselves as athletes, we expect so much more out of life because the only athletes who are only athletes play in the league. Okay. Right. Everybody else has other things going on. So we're used, so used to that level of devotion, dedication, and loyalty to multiple avenues um, you cannot just decide to pick one. And, and I know there are many motivational speakers who tell you you have to burn the boats and 100% focus on one thing at a time to complete the task. Well, I actually always beg to differ um, if you were a former athlete, because I truly believe we can focus on multiple things at once and can excel. And that cleanses our palate for life. And, and you know what? And I'm glad you said that because th there was a there was there was a, a, a video that I did watch and uh, it was called that. The guy said, you know, no second option and basically he was saying that that you know when the people left to go explore a new world there was no turning back so when they got there they destroyed the ships and so yep. you know there was no turning back so he he mentioned just that thing that you referenced was you know once you embark on that new love you burn the boat and <laughs> you put all your eggs in one basket and and I, I I struggle with that as well because you know of course I'm I think that I'm multi-talented, multifaceted. I think I can do mm -hmm. multiple things. <laughs> but um, yeah, to mention what we talked about, I was just named uh, the PA announcer for the Richmond Black Widows. So that's a women's oh, professional football team. Yeah. So I'll be doing their play-by-play -play announcing coming up this wow, year. Wow, that is awesome. Every every time I think of them, I think of Tim Hightower. I don't know if that's the name that yeah. rings the bell, but uh, yeah, he was from quite here. the athlete there. And and uh, they, they've, had, they've had a few good quarterbacks come out of there that made it to the league as well, and, and I've definitely been to a few games. So that's going to be incredible. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear your touchdown calls. I hope you're the next Chris Berman on those. It's you know be what? pretty fun. You know, I, 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 my touchdown calls, I'm still working on it, but my first down calls get the people going. It's, little, it's, it's a bit <laughs> provocative, I must admit. It gets the people going because, you know, when you're upstairs, you can kind of look at the, the people. Whatever gets the cowbells ringing and the fans <laughs> cheering, man, that, that's what your job is. That's incredible. <laughs> that's it. But you know what? I will say this. I struggle with those names, man, because these names are <laughs> weird. They're getting harder and harder, I tell you that. Yeah, they yep. are. So that that's cool. So so you got into bodybuilding. So you're doing this 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 incredible thing. You've gotten 21 shows. You've been a champion six times. That's remarkable. What's next for Josh in the bodybuilding world? And my personal question: Are you ever going to go into coaching football? Because you got a wealth of knowledge that you need to share. Well, I mean, you asked me the million dollar question. Um, First off, I never thought I'd be bodybuilding this long, ever. It, it, I've never even, it's just a blessing that I, I can't even stress how fortunate I am to be able to do something like this for such an extended period of time. Um, I've checked everything off of my bodybuilding list, but about two things. Uh, my goal was always to beat Mr. Olympia and Mr. Universe, and I was fortunate enough to qualify and be able to do those. Of course, you know, as an athlete, you want to win. So just winning my first competition was such a big deal. And then being able to win my first professional competition was, you know, equally as great. Um, so now this year we are, we are looking to compete overseas. I have qualified to compete um, in Korea and Canada. And oh, it looks man. Like we'll, be we'll be taking those opportunities. And I've always said before I retire, because I I'm definitely on the latter end of my career in bodybuilding than the beginning, 
I would like to compete in the Arnold Classic, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger's big competition in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, so that may be in 2021, but that would, that would definitely be the end of the road for me. So at this point in time, I'm not ready to be done. I, I definitely, definitely have this year in me. Um, you know, the things that I do for, for work are, are very stringent. You know, I, I flew 80 flights last year, so, um, it makes it much more difficult, but that's the way I like things. I really like to earn them and I, I like to make them difficult on myself. So it looks like Korea and Canada, if my body can hold up and everything goes well, God willing. And we'll definitely be, be competing overseas. That's awesome. So, so, so you sound like you like a lot of organized chaos. Yeah. You want to call it? Yeah. Yeah. 80 flights. That's a lot. You spend a lot of time in the airport. What's your, what do you do mostly when you're in the airport and you're just waiting on flights and connections and things like that? Are you waiting for meetings? What, what do you do to kind of get your downtime to make it productive? That's a great question. So I never, I never wait. Um, and as crazy as that sounds, I actually save work for the airport so I can be productive. I have found um, that actually being on the plane, right? Every plane, you know, 80 flights this year, you can't just take a nap on the plane, right? right. Every every airplane now has Wi-Fi. I will save what we call, quote, office work, you know, my reporting, um, you know, any type of, uh, I do a lot of job recruitment, so on and so forth, pharmacy build outs. Um, I save that computer work for the plane because I actually travel to the West Coast very frequently. I'll, I'll be in Phoenix actually tomorrow um, by 5.15 p.m. So that's a four-hour flight. Mm-hmm. So I will make sure and I sit on the flight and I save work that I know I can do just on the computer. Because remember, we have so many tasks in one day. You have to be organized. Oh, yeah. So for me to put those things off just to go into the plane allows me to be more efficient in my job so I can, as we say, be in the now, live in the now, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of constantly think what you've got to do in 15 minutes and 20 minutes, focus on that task. If that task can be done on the plane, I put it to do it on the plane or in the airport um, and just go from there. So airport for me is always my earbuds are in. You know, it depends what state I'm in, city I'm in. If I'm in Houston, you know, I, I like I like the Houston rap a whole bunch. I'll be listening to that, mm-hmm. working on all my Excel sheets, getting that done gets me in the groove. So I kind of just tone or tune out the world in the airport because the airport is chaos. It's hard for people. People don't like the airport. Traveling is stressful. When for me, it's 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 literally a twice a week occurrence. So it becomes your office, and you have to learn again. Like I said, to be a chameleon, continue to pivot, and don't panic when all these things go wrong. So you can stay productive as you travel and not creating all this stress on your life because, you know, I'm normally in two time zones a week and that can really throw you off. So you have to stay on task. You have to be able to pivot, not panic, you know, and you have to be able to, like you said, have that little bit of downtime. So for me, the music is what really calms my nerves and puts me in a good mood. You know, and that's that that we're we're starting to get to the the tail end of our our interview here because I want to be respectful of your time Um, and. I want to talk a, a few things kind of off the record. Um, well, sure. can't say off the record because we're on <laughs> recording. <laughs> but all right. So my, you know, my wife and I, we talk about you constantly. Um, we, we consider you a great friend of the family. Um, and my wife is saying, gosh, he's got to get hit on every time he goes somewhere. Um, <laughs> how is that like? <laughs> talk about that. Uh, you know, being the bodybuilder well, and, and, and for the for my female listeners on Legacy Internet Radio, because I have a few of them, um, you know, once they see your promotion about this interview, the first thing they're going to say is, wow, because, you know, as my wife would say, he's easy on the eyes. <laughs> well, 
first I'd like to say thank your wife for the compliments and uh, that's that's something I will never see myself as, and you know that as an athlete, right? You you'd rather focus on your skill set uh, than the way you carry yourself. But you know, one thing I, I was taught, and first impressions are very important in the corporate world, and that's where I am now. You know, I, I wish I could tell you I was on the football field every day. I'm not. You know, I'm in the boardrooms. I'm building pharmacies. I'm leading strategic, you know, plans to roll things out across the country. Um, so. You have to dress appropriately, and, and being a bodybuilder requires different type of clothing. As you know, you know I wear a suit every single day for work. That that is not an option. Trust me, I would much rather be in a cutoff tank top and shorts. But um, you know, I have to wear a suit everywhere I go, and that's right. where I'm at on the plane. So um, most people will perceive you. Um, I would like to think as a kind individual. So uh, a lot of people in the airports, and you know, when I'm at work, they're they're very kind. They come up to me and they'll, they'll start nice conversations. And when you're on the road. Listen, it, it is a lonely road to travel, you know, 80 flights. You can't bring your dog with you. You can't bring your buddies from home with you. You know, this is strictly business. And it's not like your colleagues are flying with you as well because we're from all over the country. So it is nice to have those conversations and have people come up and, you know, just very kind, you know, no matter what gender, race, ethnicity. I love to learn about people. And that's the best part about all the travels is they, they fortunately do approach me. And we'll have those uh, conversations because I think they respect me because I'm dressed appropriately. And one thing you know about me is I, I'm constantly smiling. I'm just happy to wake up in the morning and hear the birds chirp. So Amen. I've had people in the past tell me I'm very approachable, which I'm humbled um, that they say those things. So, you know, that's kind of how I deal with it. You, you, you just respond. You have a nice conversation. It's great. You know, and you're just real fortunate that strangers are willing to come up and, and you know, tell you, hey, you look nice, or what do you do for a living, or, or where are you from, or I like your West Virginia socks, because yeah, I always make sure and wear funky socks. With you always suits, have the you coolest know, so. socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those sock photos are, are, are iconic, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, you should see the collection. It's getting a bit out of hand, I tell you what. I have uh, pro probably 100 pairs of funky socks and not enough room to put them in my house, so That's I have funny. to get some extra space just for those. Well, well, now we're talking about that. That's great. So you're, you're living out of Tampa, uh, yes. out of Tampa, Florida. Um, how is that? How, how, is, how is Tampa these days? I haven't, I haven't been back. I have, a, I have a, a, my old roommate from college uh, who played for the Redskins for six years. He lives in Tampa, um, and he's always telling me to come down, but I just, of course, I just, I'm always missing it. Yeah, well, I, I got transferred down to Tampa from, you know, the Richmond area. 2018, um, which, you know, I don't think anybody complains about moving to the beach, right? Uh, it's an incredible, I'd like to say a small city, but it's been growing like crazy, which has been great. Um, but I always compare Tampa to like San Francisco and Oakland. You know, there's an amazing bay in Tampa and across the bay are two other cities, St. Pete and Clearwater. And they're, they're just booming little beach towns. Um, there's lots of business, lots of things to do. For me, the bodybuilding community is very large here. So, you know, it's nice for me to fit right in. I still get to play flag football on Sunday. So that's, that keeps me going, you know, that 45 minutes running clock a week. So the best part without a doubt has to be the climate because, you know, I get to sit in Tampa today. And if I feel like going outside and throwing football or playing golf, I still can when, you know, I call my family in West Virginia, they told me they got nine inches of snow last night. So without a <laughs> doubt, the best part is the climate. And, and to, to all the listeners out there that don't know this, you don't pay state income tax in Florida. And going from Virginia to Florida, that's a really nice, uh, a nice little boost in the old salary there. Nothing so. wrong with that. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's a that's a beautiful thing, man. I tell you, that's Tampa, Florida. It's a, it's always been one of my 
Yeah, it's the jewel town. And you mentioned Phoenix, which is my ultimate favorite town. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I got my very first, uh, I did a, a show there. Uh, it was, geez, I, I want to say it was 1999. I'm dating myself here. Um, no, but I think you just dated yourself. Yeah, yeah I know. God, <laughs> it, was before, it was before Y2K because that was every, what everybody was planning for. And I went to Phoenix, and um, we were sitting right across from America West Arena. There's a, Dan Marley has a little cafe um, there, uh, or he had a little cafe there. So we went to Dan mm-hmm. Marley's, and so we were sitting there, and it was, we were going to America's West uh, Arena later on that night. And so a young lady said to me, my server, she was like, hey, you know, you guys aren't from here. And I said, no, we're not. And so and we were talking, and so we asked her, you know, hey, what, what should we do in Phoenix? And she immediately said, you guys should go to Scottsdale. Oh, um, yeah. She said, you'll love it. And I said, we'll love it? She said, yeah, you're a delicacy here. And I paused for about 30 seconds, and I said, delicacy, delicacy. Hmm. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, Phoenix. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, we, uh, yeah, Scottsdale was, yeah, man, Phoenix is my favorite town. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm there just about every month, and uh, I actually I always go to Scottsdale. It's just one of my favorite places to go. It I, is. I've never met anybody that don't like it. Yep. It's surrounded by professional baseball players. That is where they all reside. Yep. I have met m- more pro baseball players in Scottsdale than anywhere in my life. It is just a hotbed for those type of athletes Absolutely, there. and everybody that knows me knows that my first love is baseball. Oh, yeah. Love is baseball. That's why oh, yeah. I told the wife, she says, we hit the lottery tomorrow. I said, well, you can find me in Phoenix. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, it's a great you know, place to live. It's Just a great place to live. Do not leave your house in July because you're going to melt because it gets to about 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, so it's, it's the opposite of, you know, July is when you don't want to go. You want to go there right now. It's gorgeous. Right. Absolutely. Well, Josh, listen, I want to be respectful of your time, but my show is called On the Hot Seat, and it's called On the Hot Seat for a reason, because I ask some controversial questions usually to end up my interviews. Now, um, because of what you do for a living and all that stuff, I'm not going to ask anything to get you implicated or fired or anything like that. Um, <laughs> Thank goodness. But I will want to ask you some, some very, 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 very tough questions, some questions that our Absolutely. listeners will want to know. And the first question that I always like to ask people is, you know, we grew up in the athletic uh, uh, arena where you said, like you said, you played ball all, all across the, you know, your high school age. Remember, we always had team meals before we played. Of course, spaghetti for us. Yeah. So as an adult now, and you say like, you know, you're about to go into a bodybuilding or a competition or even into your boardroom, what's your go to meal? Well, it's pretty simple for me, and the listeners aren't going to like what I'm going to say, but it's it's eight ounces of grilled chicken with sugar-free barbecue sauce, two cups of green beans, and one cup of white rice. Uh, fills my belly, gives me the carbohydrates for my brain to operate. It's a high volume of protein to fill the muscle bellies, and of course, a large amount of greens with the fiber will also help fill your stomach. And then on top of that, I try to drink a gallon of water a day, so as much water as I can before I go in the meeting, so I'm I'm well-fed and energized, and of course, I have uh, an open addiction to coffee, so there's probably at least a cup of coffee before that meeting involved as well. Got it. That's it. That, hey, that's a bodybuilder's uh, uh, dinner right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll call yeah. it. So que- hot seat question number two, and this one is, is going to be a little bit, you know, it's going to get into your personal side here, but 
the same premise. With athletes, we all like to listen to music. We all like to jam on something before we go into our game, before we go into our meeting, before you hit the stage, you know, with your competitions. And I know that when I open my show here, I use um, I'll Be Around by CeeLo Green and Timberland, not only because the beat's funky, but because of what it says. It says to call me and I'll be around. So I want to give that portray out to my listeners. What would be your, I think every superhero needs a theme song. That would be my theme song. What's your theme song? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I mean, right now I, I got a lot of Houston rap in, in my Spotify. I'm listening to Bun B and Slim Thug, just uh, I'm a, showing Ooh. my age there. Some guys that I like Old a school. lot. <laughs> um, you know, being from the Pittsburgh area, Wiz Khalifa is top of my list. Um, some of his older stuff I really enjoy, but, you know, Entrance music, I always thought about, you know, when you see the baseball players come out of the dugout into the batting circle, they get about 30 seconds. And, man, I tell you, uh, I grew up a wrestling fan, and I'd love to come out to the Stone Cold Steve Austin glass shattering um, before, <laughs> before you come out to the batter's box. I think that is just, you know, an incredible 30-second introduction because whenever I hear that glass shatter, because I watched it as a child growing up all the way, you know, I always think it's time for somebody to kick some tail. So that, that'll definitely get me going and fired up. That is uh, without, too... without a doubt. Now that is too funny. <laughs> now that's hilarious. Yeah. Now for bodybuilding this year, uh, you know, you have your posing routine. Um, the song I posed to was J rock just win, right? Cause the message he just repeats over and over with a great beat is just win, win, win. And Obviously, when you're competing in any competition, I sure hope your goal is to win because it's definitely mine. So, you know, it sends a nice message to the fans and the judge that I'm here to win. And it has a great beat so I can move my body to hit those poses um, and hopefully not look like a robot. You know, Are those poses hard <laughs> to, to hit? Honest to goodness, I think it's the hardest part. I will train and diet any day um, being on that stage. And, you know, literally you're holding your breath. You're flexing everything. I'm not kidding. From your big toe to your left lats and you're smiling as big as you can and trying to, quote, look natural, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. obviously there's nothing looking natural up there as, as funky as we look. We look like, you know, tanned freaks with a bunch of muscle belly. So um, it, it's definitely the hardest part. And actually, that's where I missed in my beginning of my career is I would not or practice posing enough or that is where the judges will continually dock me. I, I even had a scorecard one time come back to me from a panel of judges that said first place physique last place posing routine and therefore i finished fifth wow. and i will never forget that and that motivated me to hey it's, it's time to practice this posing thing and get some help so um, we've had a, a similar routine now for about the past three years and I, I think uh you know it just needs some more critiquing as always you know it's never going to be perfect but we continue to improve each show to each show now my my, my former guest like i said she is she's a female bodybuilder she told me that she has a posing coach as well as a nutritional yes. coach as well as a person that uh, uh, helps her put on her, uh, her uh, uh, bikini? Yeah, yes. I, luckily, I don't have the, the bikini problem. So the, the poor female bodybuilders, they want to make sure and glue that bikini mm -hmm. um, onto their body so um, everything stays in there, right? And you want to be very respectful to the fans and the judges because posing can be difficult and you kind of have to manipulate your body. And remember... Um, the whole point is to wear as little as possible to show off, you know, your physique and everything that you work for. So um, there is mandatory suits that we have to wear for different divisions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people that 
have a team uh, that helps them get ready for these shows, you know, a personal trainer, a nutritionist, um, an exercise physiologist, massage therapist. Um, I'm really fortunate that, you know, I have a great team backing me as well. I have uh, everybody's out of Fredericksburg or um, let's see, Fredericksburg, Virginia and Frederick, Maryland that helped me. So I'm I'm keeping my Richmond connection um, and they take good care of my nutrition and my fitness program. And, you know, as an athlete, it's real easy. When somebody tells you this is the plan for success, you don't deviate from it. Amen. <laughs> All you have to do is follow the plan and you're going to be successful. So um, I'm real fortunate that athletics got me to the point where I can stay self-disciplined mm-hmm. um, because I, I know a lot of people that require a trainer in the gym with them every day, which that is completely fine and a fantastic way to train and also have weekly check-ins with a nutritionist. For me, I get my plan. I'm going to execute it. I can handle it all on my own. Um, and plus with my traveling schedule, I, I have to handle it on my own. So the self-discipline with that aspect has been really beneficial. Man, I tell you, there's a couple more hot seat questions I want to get to. Uh, okay. the, the third one that is, it's, it's kind of, again, it's, it's a little personal. So, you know, I hope it's okay. But if this, if you were not doing bodybuilding and athletics wasn't involved, what would Josh be doing? Man, that is tough. Um, because I always say this, you know, if, if I could, if I'd hit a, you know, be a millionaire, the first thing I would do is go back and, and coach wide receivers somewhere specifically. I'd, I'd only want to be a receivers coach um, at any level, just because that's, you know, stemming routes and the route tree. That's that's art to me. And you'd be um, a damn good me, one too. Well, thank you for that. And and the thing is, in my head. Uh, uh, my entrepreneurial spirit has, has never been more on fire than over the past five to six years. And, you know, if, if money wasn't an option and I couldn't do anything with athletics and, and bodybuilding wasn't it, I'd definitely like to start another company. I, I just find pure joy in building a, a small company out of nothing, out of your house and watching it grow and having a hand in growing it and then being able to sell it, uh, you know, um, because you just proved your concept to the world that your idea was beneficial to society. And, you know, creating jobs is something to this day that gives me more joy than anything because I live to help people's dreams become a reality. And mm-hmm. when you can provide a high-level job that has good, you know, work-life balance and able to help them put food on the table for your family, um, that's something I truly get pure joy out of now. So if I could do anything, I would definitely start another small business and uh, try to grow it as large as I could. Man, that is... <laughs> Man, I tell you, this is one powerful interview, man. You you are knocking it out the park, man. So my last my last question, uh, you know, and it's not really a question, but tell the people, uh, you know, give the people some 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 jewels to leave with that they can have, and if they're not listening to anything else but these last forty five seconds to a minute, what do you want to tell the listeners at Legacy Internet Radio, where independence is the key to building their legacy? Man, that, that, that's a great question. Definitely put me on the spot. And, you know, there, there's a couple of things that I always think about, you know, that get me through my day and maybe, maybe three or four nuggets. And, and, and the first one is always assume positive intent. You know, many of us go into a meeting, go into a new team, you know, walk into the, uh, you know, coach's room with your coach and you assume the worst or you think people have something out to get you or they just don't like you or someone gave you a dirty look. Don't assume that. All that does is set you back and hold you back. So assume positive intent that people have the best interest for you and they're being kind and nice and generous, just like you are. And when you portray that energy, 
you know, your day career and athletic athletic career can go much better. Um, another thing I always think about is, I, I might've slipped and said it before, but I just live by this one. I say pivot, don't panic. I mean, every day you can have something come out of left field that just completely throws you off and you have a couple options. You can panic, right? You can get upset. It can turn negative or you can come up with a solution for that issue, right? So you pivoted away from that. You didn't carry it over. Your bad 10 minutes didn't turn into a bad 12 hours of work and you're able to stay positive, pro- progress forward and learn to adapt, you know, so that's being that chameleon. Um, the last thing, <laughs> probably too many, but the last thing is, no. I don't care what you do in life. You have to take pride in what you do. And if you don't take pride in what you do, you have to take action to change it. You can't sit there and say, woe is me. I mean, I used to work for the wastewater treatment plant for my father. I literally would clean up pipes with, you know, sewage in them. And like my father said, you better be the best ditch digger and pipe layer there is in this city because that is what your job is today. And if you work hard at that job and you take pride in what you do, it's going to carry over into your next job, your next sports team, your next position, because you're proud of what you do, no matter if you're the CEO of a company or what, if you're working at McDonald's, it doesn't matter. You have to have that good attitude and take pride. So, you know, assume positive intent, pivot, don't panic and take pride in what you do would probably be my, you know, three, three top nuggets to take home. Man, I tell you what, those are phenomenal top nuggets, man. I got something for you too, Josh. What you got? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, you what, see man. me come out here soon. Hey, Jeff. you just broke the glass, man. So, I, tell <laughs> I love you, it. Yeah, awesome. this has been awesome, man. This has been, uh, uh, I will go on record to say this is probably one of my favorite interviews, man, because this is probably one of my favorite people in life. Um, this guy right here has... He's he is everything that he said he was and nobody outworked him when I coached him. He was at practice early, stayed late, did everything that we asked him to do. And he didn't know any of us. And he allowed us and my family to invite him into our home. He came. He's friends with us for life. Legacy Internet Radio, my friend, Josh Stone King. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'll just never forget you and your family and your team taking me under your wing when I when I moved back to Richmond, you know, all the way from Florida. Um, you guys became my instant family, my instant friends. Make sure you tell Amy I said hello and dig. I, I miss them a ton and, you know, can't wait to catch up again soon. And it was an absolute honor and a privilege to be on this show today. And I cannot thank you enough for having me on. Thanks, man, I, Coach. I, I You're the man. I tell you what, I thank you so much, Josh. Josh Stone King, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you what, this has been probably the best interview. If you guys want to get more on it, you can find this interview. Uh, we will air it live, uh, but you can also find it wherever you can find your podcast now, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, it's out there on the hot seat with the coach. Josh Stone King, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for him. Man, I tell you, boy, I tell you, you are one popular guy here in the Richmond area. Nobody has ever forgotten the impact that you made here in Richmond. And I always thank you, sir. And uh, thank you for uh, allowing me to call you my friend. Thanks for having me today, Coach. Thanks for, thank you for always showing me the love and support throughout my entire life. Um, I can honestly say I don't know what I'd do without you. It's great to have a lifetime friend with you and your entire family. God bless, man. God thank bless you. you, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Josh Stone King, man. I tell you what, one of my favorite, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Uh, if you guys want to follow him on instant on 
Instagram. You can find him at the Stone King. You can find him also on Facebook at Josh Stone King. Uh, so you guys follow him. Check me out next week as I will have just another powerful interview for you. And you guys know I always like to leave you um, with this particular song because everybody's looking for a hero and somebody needs something to believe in. And I hope I've given you that today. I've given you Josh Stone King, one of the phenomenal people, uh, former athlete, uh, West Virginia alum, pharmaceutical director of his own pharmaceutical company, Josh Stone King, guys. Until next time, on the hot seat with the coach. Rock out.